Blog Talk Radio. Hello? 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 I believe I'm unmuted. Hello. Hello. Let's try this again. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Hi, 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 Patty. <laughs> We're just trying to get our uh, the block talk doesn't quite mesh with the Yeti microphone, so sometimes we can hear. I could hear you. I think the world could hear you, but you were not hearing okay. me. So, right. Okay, yeah. so good. We got that going. <laughs> so, I know it's been, it's been a little while since. I mean, that's one reason why we're doing these shows to try to get the equipment to uh, coordinate and figure out what works best with what. And right. uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's been a while since we actually caught up when it comes to your books thanks to COVID and uh, so when when we were when we went under we wound up I think we were getting the twisted timelines together but I don't think we we had anybody that we were talking at all about Unexpected Mayhem first which is your your fourth book so let's talk about that one briefly first well, uh, un- as you may remember, un- Unexpected Entanglements, my fifth book, actually, that came out just before COVID hit. It came out in October of 2019. And, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to start. The whole book, I'll never forget it as long as I live. The whole book was actually, the whole plot was dreamed up between me and a friend of mine named John McDougall, who I actually dedicated the book to. Uh, we came up with the whole plot in about maybe two hours on a Saturday afternoon in the, about a year earlier, and it, it just fell together nicely. Should I talk about the cover first, or should I talk about the book itself? 
Well, let's talk about the book and then the cover because it always comes first. Okay. The story, the story well, always has to come first. Okay. Well, the story is very basic, actually. One of my favorite singers from the 1980s and early 90s, Paula Abdul, one of her famous songs, and I love the video for it with the, cat, with the cartoon cat, Paula Abdul, one of the famous songs she did was entitled Opposites Attract. And here's the story of unexpected entanglement. A, a, a handsome, righteous, perhaps self-righteous, uh, a noble, good deed, life-sparing paladin who wants to basically ride around and crush evil uh, <laughs> is uh, and a wicked, evil, amoral, vicious, anti-paladin lady. Uh, Paladin's the guy, the anti-paladin's the lady. These two fall in love because opposites attract. And so, uh, lady Lydia Jalen Sukarova, the anti-paladin, her attitude is very simple. Her, her selfish interests come first. So if a billion people have to die to satisfy her desires, well, that's too bad for them. While uh, Carl uh, or uh, Sir Carlton Lucullus Rutherford, the noble and heroic paladin, would try to save this silly little weaklings and protect them, even though even though he he'd probably kill a billion demons, but that wouldn't matter because they're evil, so he's good. Right? <laughs> anyway, these two these two end up falling in love with each other. Uh, the, their their meeting is quite. Uh, one might say it was accidentally on purpose. <laughs> and, uh, without spoiling anything, uh, this book is my attempt at a trashy romance. You know, what, the focus is on the romance and the lovers' activities and how they, they draw together in spite of themselves, and they end up, both of them, end up lying to everybody, their servants, their friends, even their deities, when their deities question them like, what are you doing? Of course, the paladin takes the line, there's good in her. I can turn her around and bring her into the light. And, of course, the anti-paladin says to her deity, oh, no, I'm corrupting him with evil and with uh, luxurious pleasure, and I will turn him into an evil one and actually get him to lead armies against his own duke. Ha, 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 because I'm so evil and you're evil and I'm trying to corrupt him. Um, I don't want to say anything else without spoiling it, but let's just say some seven-foot-tall mutant baboons uh, suddenly get involved, and uh, this couple has a host of adventures. I'm also delighted to report that in this book, uh, while we're going back 2,500 years in the past in my Palomaran timeline, we have Kildaria's sharp claw, yes, Grace Hamilton from uh, Book Three, otherwise known as Kildaria's Sharp Claw, the vicious and cunning purple dragon. Uh, she is in. She also stars in this book, and she actually at one point uh, confronts the lovers, each of them separately and together. So, again, if you like a, if you like a gut wrenching, uh, uh, wild, crazy romance, and uh, oh my God, how did we get in this situation? This sort of thing. Uh, you would certainly enjoy my uh, this book, Unexpected Entanglements. And you know the old <laughs> saying, crazy, stupid, you know the old saying, crazy, stupid love. <laughs> Makes you do things you otherwise wouldn't do. <laughs> so, 
Anyhow, <laughs> uh, do you have a, uh, what, what would you like to ask Patty? I, so I know that we uh, we went around and around about the cover, but I think yeah. that that to me, I think that the the cover is actually one of my favorites. This one, yeah. I, I really oh, I, I love the look, all the colors. Mm-hmm. They're they're in a dungeon type of atmosphere, and she's she's draped across the you know her throne, and she's yeah. got the obsidian uh, uh, panthers. Uh, statues yep. there that she just draped over, so it it yep. I think is one of the funnest and and uh, one of the funnest books that you've got. And of course, uh, I love the cover. Cause well, I think that it's just so much in, involved in that cover. And I uh, I have been blessed, Patty, with Chris Ennett, Mr. Chris Ennett, and his friend David Delante. They produce the most the best covers I've ever seen. I uh, it's really terrific with Chris, of course. Of course, I pay what he asks, and I commission him to do it. But all I have to do is send Chris a scene from each book, and I'm like, okay, this is what I want on the cover, anything from this scene. And Chris imagines it. He envisions it. He draws it out completely with with an intricate uh, pencil and black and white images, and then Dave, his friend David Delante adds the inking, the coloring, the, the three-dimensional look of the, the artwork. And again, I, uh, I've been blessed that Chris Ennett has been behind all of my six book covers. Um, though, of course, uh, Patty, you and I can quibble about whether the cover is Goldenrod, gold, or yellow. <laughs> we, we can go back okay, and forth so on that one for quite a does while. Okay, so it doesn't even really matter because what I what I do in your back cover is I take uh, I take a splash of the color from the from the front cover, which was quite a bit of gold. So yes. Uh, so we we use the the, the brighter, intense uh, yellows in order to make your back cover. Of course, that way it would match. Yes, and uh, that's and, what we, that's what we do for each cover. Luckily, uh, they use different coloring sometimes on on the costumes, and that uh, for just to be able to come up with some different background colors, which is which is looks really good when they're when they're up on the on their side and and all yes. together. So yes, uh, I'm proud to say I'm proud to say that. Uh, uh, twisted timeline. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's purple. Uh, the unexpected entanglements is goldenrod. Uh, the academic mayhem is blue. Uh, pivotal ruckus is a uh, nice forest green. Capricious deities is a nice burgundy red. And uh, reckless ambitions. My first one is uh, well, technically it's black. So uh, I'm. I've, we can we can certainly discuss what the cover is going to be for books seven and eight, but we'll we'll get there soon enough. <laughs> but uh, one last thing I wanted to say about unexpected entanglements. Of course, I have a host of supporting characters. Some have appeared in other books. Some uh, are only for this book. And all of my books are intended. They they do interlink, but I intend each book as a separate story in its own right. So anybody can read any of my books in any order and get a good story out of it. Like, wow, this is great. <laughs> uh, so 
Yes. Uh, would you Would you like me to go into more detail about unex- unexpected entanglements, or shall we move on to twisted timeline? So can we go backwards for a bit? Because I know that, that yes. some people may not have known, uh, or may not have uh, read your academic mayhem. So why don't we briefly go yes. over that first? Okay. Oh, academic mayhem. Yeah. All right. <laughs> academic mayhem is my coming of age story. Uh, a, a group of young college kids, one might say, going through the Game Masters University campus uh, college or university programs. Um, I should point out that the Game Masters University is a unifying tactic for all of my books. It's a scholarly mage wizard university, as opposed to warlock or sorcerer, but warlocks and sorcerers may be trained there. Um, the whole concept is that it is a school, and they're dedicated to a sacred mission. That mission is to seek, search the multiverse, search through the multiverse, looking for exciting games to play. Uh, and the idea is they would learn about a game, how to use it, how to build them, how to recreate them, and how to win with them, how, the strategy and everything. Uh, and, hey, I should point out, uh, interdimensional thermonuclear war could be viewed as a game. <laughs> so they, they also throw in a, uh, uh, technology, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I like to think that right now at places like MIT and Stanford and other um, great uh, physics and engineering departments in the United States today, I like to think that the Game Masters University have secret secret spy or students in these institutions learning everything <laughs> anyway now academic mayhem uh, we're kind of going backwards here, but academic mayhem focuses on my second generation of heroes from my first three books, mainly because uh, the young the young dragon Octavian now it's strange here I want to qualify this. Octavian is only 26 years old. Now, as a human, that's fully grown, fully mature. For a dragon, that's, that's bar- he can barely walk as a dragon, one might say. You know, he's, he's a, just a little more than a toddler. But uh, he finds himself at the Game Masters University uh, trying to get away from his uh, domineering mother, who I'll try to keep that secret for now, but... Yes, Kildaria Sharplaw. But anyway, okay, he's trying to get away from his domineering mother so he can see the world or see the universe and enjoy life. Well, anyway, he gets more than he bargains for when he ends up at the Game Masters University. But then again, <laughs> so does everybody. <laughs> anyway, but like, the premise of the Game Masters University is very simple. Uh, it's similar to the Psycore from Babylon 5 TV show, if any fans out there love that show. The idea being, we will give you every, we will help you earn and achieve everything you want in life. You want to be a super powerful wizard. You want to rule your own dimension. Or you, maybe you're just happy with a, with a kingdom or even a castle or a dungeon. We'll, we'll help you get followers. We'll, we'll, we'll build your strength up. We'll, we'll help you get everything you want. The only condition is that you do whatever you're instructed by your teachers. If we tell you to jump, you ask how high, sir. <laughs> Again, the GMU is mother, GMU is father. Uh, to uh, 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 sort of twist the quote from Babylon 5, uh, Psychor's mother, Psychor's father. But anyway, um, so 
uh, academic mayhem also involves the the uh, the heroes from the first few books of mine, but uh, again, it's focusing on their children and the, the succession to the Palomaran Empire. And uh, I'm delighted to report that nearly all of my major characters through all of my books were originally player characters from friends of mine playing Dungeons and Dragons over the years. I try to list them with permission. I try to list them in each book, like, hey, so-and-so, this is their character. (laughs) Well, what else could I say about Academic Mayhem? The cover of Academic Mayhem, again, done by Chris Sennett, I have to admit, Academic Mayhem is sort of my favorite. Uh, Unexpected Entanglements is a close second, but Academic Mayhem is sort of my favorite because uh, we actually see some spell casting or some magic happening. Uh, the beautiful, chaotic, good uh, Princess Cecilia Medford, who usually would love running around uh, chaotically helping people. Oh, how can I help you? Very much like Don Quixote. But on the cover, she is putting on a famous traditional magic item from Dungeons and Dragons known as a helm of opposite alignment. And in this moment we're seeing on the cover, she is literally turning from a chaotic good princess to a lawful evil princess. Suddenly, laws and governments and laws and governments and systems seem very important. And hey, these are good. Uh, these are these are useful. And uh, evil, well, great. Uh, uh, what what better way to bring order to a chaotic world than uh, than ruling the world? You know, unifying the world. <laughs> making the world like you. So, again, that this is all part of lawful evil that she turns into. A really bit of a personality change, if you will. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, Academic Mayhem has my favorite cover um, with uh, Prince, Princess uh, Christina Medford putting on this helmet, just almost like playfully trying it on. Ooh, look at what I found. And then, ooh, surprise. <laughs> again, one... one that's what happens involved, when you pick up other people's stuff, you know. Right, and, and magic items you're not sure are magic. And, uh, exactly. And uh, run, running around in a dungeon uh, thinking you know what you're doing, and then surprise! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's what I happens when you're a naughty with, girl. Yeah, I, absolutely. I haven't done it in a book yet, but one of my characters once uh, put on... He didn't know it. He put on a girdle of femininity, masculinity. So his character was a guy, and when he put on the girdle, surprise, surprise, suddenly, suddenly he had too much. He he didn't have enough room in his armor for his chest, and uh, uh, what what he what what he had as equipment completely changed. And uh, anyway, his character turned from a male to a female. (laughs) That's a little little like what's going on nowadays. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. No, the, only, the, the only difference is uh, his his orientation didn't change. So, uh-huh. you know, he's, you know, so yeah, his mind is the same, but he's like, oh my god. <laughs> and of course, once you put on a girdle of mat, uh, femininity, masculinity, it only works once for each person. So it's not like you could just put it back on and switch back. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, but this is all part of the fun of Dungeons and Dragons, and that's what I that's what I aim for when I write my books. 
that I, I want to show people just how much fun you can have in playing Dungeons & Dragons with a long, drawn-out campaign that is consistent. I mean, it's one thing to play a one-night adventure where uh, the group will never be back together again, and, okay, we're, oh, that was fun, that was great. But when you campaign with the same people over a period of time, it's like, wow, you've got to learn the names of these non-player characters. You've got to, you've got to get involved with the, the social political and economic issues surrounding you. And, you know, if, if, uh, if you borrow money from a loan shark and uh, he and six friends come back in the next, in the next week, uh, we want our money back, you know, <laughs> your, your character may have a problem. You know? So uh, anyway, the, the, whole, right, the whole point is that that's the difference between a, cam a campaign and a one-shot adventure. Now, uh, do, uh, what else should I include about Academic Mayhem? We've, we have endless stories of almost each book. Well, okay, so I wanted to talk now at this point, um, for those who may not be familiar with your books, that you had created it based on not only a world, but it was on a gaming world. So let's, just, let's go back and talk about that for a few minutes here. Okay. I, I started playing Dungeons & Dragons, uh, late 1977, early 1978, a friend of mine, Mark Elfenbein, he came back from a trip to London, England. And for some reason, I think it was because of the famous satanic panic back then. Everybody was afraid that Dungeons and Dragons would corrupt our children and turn them all into Satanists. But uh, uh, for some reason, the D&D books certainly the original ones, even before first edition, they were easy, more easily obtained in London than, say, in New York. Anyway, Mark Elfenbein came back from London with uh, the first uh, book or two for Dungeons & Dragons and first edition advanced Dungeons & Dragons, so maybe it was a little farther into 78. But anyway, uh, he, I blame him. He's the one who corrupted me. Well, and, oh, and my other friends, you know, we, we, yeah. we all, we all, Somebody we had all to do started it. playing the game. Yeah. Now, what's really funny is people would ask my grandparents, um, Dot, uh, Luke, aren't you guys worried that uh, John is playing such a game that involving spell casting and fighting and all this stuff? My grandparents couldn't have been more pleased because my grandmother would respond to these questioners, she would respond to them. They are downstairs in the basement playing this game for hours on end. We know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much trouble could they get in the, in the basement with like seven guys all playing D&D? <laughs> We're not running all over town doing things we shouldn't. Good heavens, right. my, my, grandma, my grandmother made us the most magnificent snacks and food, and my, my, my friends would come over to play D&D, &D and they'd be like, oh, boy, what did Grandma Lucas make for us today? <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were the house anyway, to go to. Yes, uh, I had the big basement with the giant ping-pong table that without the net we could easily use for D&D, &D and even a mattress and a pool table to hang out. So we, yeah, my, uh, and, oh, um, Palomar, let me, let me say a word on this real quick. Um, Mark was our first DM, but uh, Mark asked me to start DMing. Uh, I was, quite frankly, I was a little bit of a faster reader than him. Not, not a better reader, just a faster one. 
So uh, I I got into playing D and D or dungeon mastering, you know, running the game for everybody else. Uh, David Fryer was another friend of ours who played and ran as a dungeon master for us too. Anyway, I created Paladon City, which was my big imperial capital for my mighty empire of Palomar. Um, I set it in 1100 AD uh, Britain, uh, uh, England, uh, with the uh, the names, the palaces, the situations. Uh, Gunpowder was known, but nobody knew what, really what to do with it. You know, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. there, there were no guns or cannons or anything. But, it, uh, you know, oh, yeah, that black powder that explodes if you, if you light a fuse at it. You know, like, but otherwise nobody knew what to do with it. Anyway, um, now I created the imperial city, similar to Rome and, and England, and uh, – after a while, my players were like, John, we want to fight pirates, okay? Then I developed the Forsaken Islands, which were only, only four, four or five days sail north from Paladon City, but on one of the islands, an evil purple dragon lived, a.k.a. Kildaria Sharpclaw. I mentioned her already. But anyway, so after my friends played around with the Forsaken Islands, then they went back to the continent, and then I started moving west, east, and south. And if you look on any of my books, or most of them, you will see the map of Palomar with the whole continent uh, that I developed. And I, I developed it into five continents. Now, let me specify. Three continents are really continent continents on a planet. The fourth one is actually the Underdark, where all the drow dark elves and their kingdoms run around. And then the fifth one is what, what is known as the multiverse, other dimensions, other realities that uh, are all connected to Palomar via the astral plane. But I'm getting, a, I'm getting sidetracked here. The point is, my, my my game setting developed over 40 years, and uh, when I started writing books in 2015, I knew exactly where to set the game, uh, the books. You know, I was like, okay, I've got this wonderful campaign world that I've had. Let's set the books in these. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why I never experienced writer's block because, oh, okay, we'll do another continent and we'll focus on another era and we'll bring out some new heroes and pull out some monsters and, uh, good heavens, the books usually write themselves for me. Anyway, does that, the, 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 does that clarify a little bit the campaign world or Dungeons & Dragons homebrew world, meaning it was brewed at home. I, I cooked it up myself. My homebrew world is now the setting for all of my books. So I, uh, and even Unexpected Entanglements, the book we started talking about, even that one, that might might have been on a different continent from Palomar that was set in Azios, but uh, these three continents, Palomar, Azios, and, of course, Kasavamel, all of these three continents are set on the Earth-like planet, otherwise known as Palomar. It gets confusing. The Empire of Palomar, the Palomar continent, the planet Palomar, then the solar system Palomar, then the galaxy of Palomar, or Palomar and galaxy, and then the uh, Palomar and dimension, or the Palomar and multiverse. So, yeah, I, uh, right, okay. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, where, should I go, where should I go now, Patty? So, I guess yeah. the big question here is, how in the world do you get this creativity going? Well, um, 
Okay, I, I really want to keep this short because I don't want to bore anybody with my life story. But uh, let's just say I was born with seven major birth defects. Um, my mother did not take care of herself when she was pregnant with me, but let's just say everybody used a lot of things in the 1960s. You know, okay. I'm, I'm not blaming. Gotcha. In some ways, nobody, nobody even noticed, nobody even thought that drinking alcohol or other drugs would be bad when you're pregnant. You know, back, back then, nobody cared. Anyway, right. um, now, when I was born, I had 19 years of physical therapy on my right leg, numerous multiple operations on my right leg and my, both of my eyes. I had braces on my teeth for like eight years. Anyway, it was obvious to me growing up, I was not going to be a track star. I was not going to be an athlete. I was not going to be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Superman. Well, that's, that's the son my father wanted. But anyway, um, so very early on in the hospital, I learned that with reading, I was like, wow, I can read. And in reading, I could go anywhere. I could go into ancient Rome. I could go into China. I could go anywhere I wanted. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was a voracious reader growing up, uh, obviously, because, well, my, my uh, uh, Major League Baseball or uh, uh, National Basketball League or all, all of my sports tournaments, uh, it would be unlikely that I would uh, – how do I say it, win Olympic medals or, well, Special Olympics maybe, but, you know, when, when, uh, I w it was not, uh, my destiny was not athletic or military, much as I might have wished. But um, anyway, so, yes, yeah. I, I had all this wonderful stuff to put into my Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and it became, one might say, a happy marriage. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes, you know, you, you can create for friends, but, you know, I happen to know that you have a lot of them. So it's uh, obviously this is something that you have been able to share with your friends. Yes. And uh, so many of my I've been blessed by wonderful friends. And uh, I've always said my whole life is based on charm. <laughs> but uh, uh, I one one reason why I have such friends, I think, is I take the time staying in touch with them. I mean, uh, it, uh, that, that's a chore in itself when one stops to think about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good heavens, I've, I've been so lucky. And uh, my, my friends and I have been playing D&D all through my life. I took a hiatus from D&D from roughly, oh, 1995 to 2005, that 10 years, but I, I got roped back into it. And then I, then I, then I later on I was like, gee, why did I stop playing? <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, let's see. Oh, uh, now <laughs> I. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm oh. gonna briefly uh, inform everybody that yes, this is live. Therefore, you can call in, and if you're on your yeah. cell phone, that, that's perfectly fine. And of course, there's no no cost to you by doing that. So uh, if yes. you're friends from back east, then definitely just a chance to give him a call and say, hey. So the phone number, Absolutely. call in number Absolutely. is 515-515-6059734. That's 515-605-9734. Also, we have a chat, chat open, and there's a phone number there. Same phone number, so that way if you didn't get it when I was saying it, Definitely can take a look at the chat, and uh, that's down below the information about the show. There's a chat area, yep. 
you could write in something there if you don't want to call. Or you have the phone number there, so that way you can remember the number. Because it it's a, it's a, it's kind of a hard number to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, I just wanted to mention also that uh, Patty Holstrom here, our host, is my publisher. So she's as much to blame as Mark Alvin Bang. No, no. <laughs> 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 right, right, right. I, okay. Yeah, I know. As I said, my, my fault. As I said, my whole okay. life is I'll... based on charm. <laughs> I met it. Uh, I met it. And you and I met, well, gee, it was what, 2015 or 2016? 2015. Uh, the reason for that is my first book came out in 2015. So we might have met at the very end of 2014. Even. I, I got out to Arizona in July, on July 28, 2013. I've lived in Arizona for 10 years now, and yes, I'm planning to move next week to Arkansas, but it's a whole other story. But, uh, but hey. Um, That's a whole other adventure. Let, yep. Let me, let me talk about Pivotal Luckus first, and then we'll wrap up with how we met and the story you've heard a million times about uh, reckless ambition and capricious deeds. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, Pivotal Ruckus is my third book. And uh, this is my ocean storybook. This is my pirates and humanoid sea invaders and the big ocean battle, not to mention titanic dragon duels. And, uh, well, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but here uh, my readers are actually introduced to uh, Kildarius Sharkclaw, the evil purple dragon. And uh, like, like other fantasy sagas all over the United States, all over the world, Dragons can, of course, assume human form when they want to, and uh, they have all sorts of other magical powers. I'm, I'm an old-fashioned Dungeons & Dragons player, which means dragons are by far the most powerful, uh, most powerful beings uh, with spells and strength and breath weapons and all sorts of things to slay whole cities or, or armies, you know, like, oh, an army's coming? I'll hit them with my breath weapon, you know. Uh, to me, dragons are the most powerful beings in the universe, excepting the supreme dungeon master, or, well, me for Palomar. So, anyway, um, Biblical Ruckus has always been a, a fun book because my uh, president of the fan club for the Palomar and, um, Palomar and Books, Michael Morris III, I keep forgetting, Michael Morris Jr. is actually his father, so, Michael Morris III, uh, he... Uh, this is his favorite book because not only you have dragons and a big sea adventure fight, you also have a, a bit of a surprise. Now, I'm not going to spoil it. I just can't spoil this one. I don't want to spoil the whole book. But uh, the, uh, the, the, the book starts off in a very idyllic, peaceful, uh, back of beyond, you know, out in the boonies, you know, out, out in the sticks. And all of a sudden, these, these forsaken islands suddenly become the uh, center of the universe, if you will, with a pivotal ruckus. Dun, dun, dun. And there don't, you go. don't get me started. Don't get me started about um, <clears throat> pivotal ruckus. You behave. Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. 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 So I know but, we needed yeah, to but, talk about. I wanted to talk about Twisted Timelines because that book oh, is. is, yes. is you know, I know it took us a while to get it out um, because yes. of the COVID and, and and just having way too many things to do. 
But unlike other people, I actually worked actually more hours during that time than than I had before it happened. So it yes. was uh, and, and by the way, time. And by the way, Twisted Timeline was definitely Patty Holstrom's inspiration. Uh, throughout my books, throughout my books, uh, I had a very interesting character, Dr. Andrew Newell. He was a sweet, elderly old man uh, tending the gardens of the Imperial Palace. And uh, he would always say that he'd be happy to use his poisons, I mean his remedies that he grew in the garden, to help everybody. But, uh, of course, the, this Dr. Newmole was also the uh, uh, chief of the Imperial Palomaran spy system, IPSS. And the only reason why it's not Palomaran Imperial spy system is simply because nobody wants to get pissed on by the government. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, anyway, Dr. Newmole has been a fascinating character through all of my books. And it was Patty who actually asked me, why, why don't I write a biopic about Dr. Numo? where he came from, what was his history, how, how did he slowly grow into the powerful position he ended up with, all of these, all of these fun things. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, that's, what Twisted Time, that's what Twisted Timeline is about. Now, the, the premise of the timeline, and it's always, it's always easy to mess with time. Uh, time conquers all, one might say. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right. That's uh, one of Patty Holstrom's books that you should read. Uh, anyway. Uh, so so on, on Twisted Timeline, I mean, I asked you, you know, what, whenever a character, a good character is there, I'm like, well, I wonder how they, how they started. How, you know, what was their right. origin story? Right. And so that's, and, uh, what, that's what you wrote here. Right, and uh, Patty completely uh, inspired this book. And, um, well, uh, okay, the premise of the book is that uh, after all of the events and all the other books happen, uh, suddenly there's a change. Suddenly everything is totally different. And, uh, gee, something happened way back in the past, and we something was altered, and we need to fix it. <laughs> well, turns out that uh, uh, Dr. Dr. A uh, Andrew Numo, when he's a young hotshot teenager named Andy with his friends running around Paladon City, uh, let's just say uh, he's instrumental in both the screw-up and the repair. <laughs> so uh, one of, one of uh, Michael Morris III's character, who used, he used to play in my games, Bryn Laskerman, you could say it like James Bond, Laskerman. Bryn Laskerman. Anyway, uh, Bryn Laskerman is deputized by the Game Masters University. Okay, <laughs> you're, a, you're an immature teenage, uh, hormonal, easily, easily uh, seduced by a pretty face uh, uh, thief and assassin. We're sending you back in time to rescue somebody very similar. You know, so, uh, uh, Bryn Laskerman is sent back in time to uh, actually do a dangerous thing, contact uh, Andy, tell him his future, like, guess what, this is what you're meant to do, and, uh, and protect him, keep him alive. But anyway, uh, that's the premise of Twisted Time. Uh, one, one could argue that, uh, again, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes things happen we don't plan. Sometimes we uh, 
do things that we didn't intend, and sometimes we say things that we shouldn't, but crazy, stupid love again. <laughs> anyway. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, uh, we also have, oh, uh, when, we, when we did Twisted Timelines, I said, hey, you know, you should do like a smaller uh, story to be able to, yes. uh, you know, kind of like a crossover. And uh, yes. you had decided, yeah, the, I mean, you, you have a lot of introduction. Obviously, you're, you're talking about multiple books here. And you've got characters who kind of fall to the wayside and are not used later because of, you know, you're going to, obviously, the, your islands and, and all that. And so we wound up dropping off. Right. And whenever I kill a character off, uh, they usually don't come back later. But anyway, but, but yes, uh, I, uh, at Patty's suggestion, I created a free, keyword is free, F-R-E-E, novella, PDF file. It is not in print. Yet. We're, Patty and I are actually thinking of printing this sometime. But in the meantime, it's available for free on, um, <laughs> on PDF file. Uh, that's kind of like a universal computer file that anyone can, anyone can download or save and read on their own. Uh, contact me anytime. Um, I'll leave my contact information um, at the end at of the, the video. End. But, uh, yeah. And, um, Anyway, uh, the um, uh, that that uh, pre-novella it's only a hundred pages long. It's only a, it is only about a third as long as my other books, yeah. and uh, it's entitled Chosen Destinies. Now, uh, this is the only cover that uh, Patty and I did on our own. But uh, I mean, believe me, anything anything bigger, I'd certainly go to Chris Ennett. But uh, Patty developed a whiz-bang cover for Chosen Destinies. I mean, uh, uh, and it, it fits the story perfectly. Um, uh, okay. Am I going too fast, or do you want me to? No. I, I could go on for half an hour of all the books we've talked about, let alone the books we haven't. You already have. You already, you've already gone, almost gone 45 minutes, so. <laughs> oh, is that our limit? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, let me, you only, you only let me, have about five, ten more minutes here. Okay, let me let me move on to my first two books, Reckless Ambitions and Capricious Deities. The difference between these two books is they're the first one, and uh, the, the Reckless Ambitions is more like my political book, my Game of Thrones-like book with a, with a politics and assassination plots and who's going to side with who and who's going to defend the empire against evil people basically aren't us. You see, we are right and they are wrong. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's reckless ambitions. Uh, capricious deities, and I just have to whisper uh, uh, under my breath, not capacious deities, <laughs> but uh, capricious deities, um, is, is my big Civil War book. Here we've got medieval armies marching around and with a big Gettysburg-like battle or Battle of Rabin Hills, but we have a magic component in it. What, what's, a good, what's a good battlefield without wizards and uh, clerics and deities interfering? <laughs> we, we've got all that, too, very much like the Trojan War. And uh, What's really amazing here is everybody, and I hope, I hope everybody is still on because I want to make – this is a, an hysterical story. 
When I first met Patty, I gave her my rough draft for my first book. And we <laughs> argued and discussed what the title would be, Restless Ambitions. But anyway, um, when I first met with Patty, actually we, she read the book, and, we, and then we actually met in person at a Denny's. And uh, Patty's all smiles. She says, John, this is wonderful. We're going, to put, we're, going, we're going to cut your book in half. Now, when she said that, I completely freaked. I was like, oh, my God, half of the book is crap. Nobody's going to want to read it. Without, without, with only half of the book, it won't make any sense. This is terrible. Oh, my God. I was, I was literally about to have a meltdown right in the days in front of a person I just met. I mean, Patty must have been – Patty, you must have been freaking out at this point. Like, oh, my God. Anyway, when Patty finally calmed me down, and she's like, John, 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 book one – and book two, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. So meaning my uh, first manuscript was too long for one book, so we literally cut it in half. So hence, Reckless Ambitions and Capricious Deities were originally one story, but they all linked together so well. And hey, if you ever read Capricious Deities, look at the introduction. I sum up. Reckless Ambitions, the first book, I sum it up in like a page and a half so that even if you're reading Capricious Deities without reading Reckless Ambitions, you won't be lost. You won't be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Who's this person? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, uh, again, I, it was at this point that I learned a very important lesson. Happy Patty, happy life. <laughs> Meaning if you, keep your, if you keep your publisher happy and do what she tells you, everything will be fine. Gee, this sounds like the Game Master's University, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway. Well, also, okay, Patty, also Dungeon, Dungeon Masters. <laughs> yes. Now, Patty, okay, uh, uh, do you have any comments? Do you have any questions? Do you, have, do you want to correct me on the version of this? I mean, <laughs> no. No, here. Oh, okay. Spot on. We we uh, uh, because you know your all of your books are approximately three hundred pages. So or, I mean they're they're pretty much unexpected. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean within twenty twenty or thirty pages, right? Give or take. And so unexpected you know, is the shortest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it was. But it was also one of unexpected the unexpected entanglements. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was also one of the first that wasn't part of the original ones. So this was a legends right. and um, right. Uh, the first series, the is it, <laughs> right. The the first series, my first four books, uh are are all together in the Medford Family Chronicles. So Reckless Ambitions is one of the Medford Family Chronicles. Capricious Deities is volume two. Pivotal Ruckus is volume three. And Academic Mayhem is Volume 4, all under the Medford Family Chronicles. Now, Unexpected Entanglements and Twisted Timeline, these are under a new series. Uh, the series is entitled Palomar and Heroes and Le- excuse me, Palomar and Legends and Heroes. And uh, uh, vol- uh, Unexpected Entanglements is Volume 1, uh, about, about the famous paladin and anti-paladin and the General Rutherford Monkey Charge. You can read all about that in Unexpected Entanglement. And then Twisted Timeline is Volume 2, where you read the, the backstory and the biopic of Dr. Andrew Newmull. <laughs> and, uh, uh, 
I'm, I'm working right now on volume three of Palomar and Legends and Heroes, and I'm working also on uh, the Medford Family Chronicles volume five. So I'm working on two books now. <laughs> but, but I don't want to get into this too much, but I'm also working on a third book. I call it my death book. I'm not planning on dying anytime soon, but I've, I've got a book cooking that I hope will come out after my demise, which, again, I hope is a long time off. But I've got plenty of time to finish it, I hope. <laughs> but I, I've got these three projects cooking right now. Plus, I'm actually thinking of coming up with a Dungeons & Dragons setting book, not a new game system, not a, a new game system to compete with all the others, but a setting book where anyone could read it and say, wow, this would fit as a great Dungeons & Dragons campaign or a series of adventures. And uh, the idea being that people like me would uh, actually play Dungeons & Dragons in Palomarn multiverse setting. I hope I haven't overwhelmed everybody. I'm certainly dumping <laughs> a lot of information here at once. But uh, yeah, pretty, I, it's pretty uh, basic, I think. I certainly, I certainly hope to keep writing. Now, your guess is as good as mine as to eventually how many books I will have out eventually. But uh, I'm 58, and given given my family's propensity for life for long life, I'm 58 tomorrow. Yay! Tomorrow's my birthday. Uh, but uh, and uh, I. Uh, I expect to live until at least 85, given my family's longevity. I think I think I'm guaranteed at least 85, unless I don't do something stupid like you. Know, anyway, um, yes, and uh, I owe everything to Patty Holstrom, uh, my dear friends who play D and D, John McDougal, Mike Morris III, of course, Chris Ennett and his friend David Delante. Though Chris Ennett has been more in charge of the covers lately, and um, Again, uh, all of my friends who helped me with my books, I, 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 could, I could list like another 20, 30 people here easily. Um, of course, uh, Brittany Voigt uh, maintains that I kind of ruin her character. I make her a little, I make her a little more realistic, uh, well, believable, and relatable, which is what gonna, she didn't we're want. We're going to keep this okay. positive. We're keeping this story yes. positive. So we Always. And, and remember, as, as the author, I'm right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving forward. Um, and, well, oh. well, well, the character is developed in such a way. The thing is that characters, as often as they often do, uh, when yep. they get into your head, they become different, and yes. so therefore it becomes a different person. Right, or at least, uh, yeah, right, uh, different reactions. But anyway, um, staying positive. If, if all of you eventually look at my capricious deities cover right on the cover you will find my current cat Enelin. yes <laughs> Enelin is named after one of my major characters in all of my books one might say Enelin, Enelin the illusionist of the game masters university he's my avatar if you will but uh, uh Enelin, uh is 11 years old now he's, he's, he's also a bit of a punk which explains why he has a back to the to the audience <laughs> and we're staying positive now. We're staying positive now, Patty. I'm positive he's a punk. I'll say it. Three, uh, 
four friends all independently of each other within about a month or two called him a punk. And I was like, oh, my which God. Which makes it true. <laughs> uh, which, which makes them mistaken. I'm the author. I'm right. Now, <laughs> moving forward, uh, and, and don't, don't, don't worry. Enlin's going to be – Enlin's going to have so much fun next week. When I shove him in the kitty carrier, uh, he's got room in the kitty carrier, but he's going to be stuck there for, like, at least 20 hours. So he's going to be about happy. to go on a yeah, he's he's about to face a big adventure, but no more than when we came out here. <laughs> um, but getting back to the books, I'm I'm proud. I'm excited. Uh, I like to think these books will guarantee my own immortality. Five hundred years from now, when I'm long dead and forgotten by my nearest and dearest, and just a pile of wispy dust somewhere, or or even just totally gone. Uh, some graduate student will be going through the Library of Congress trying to uh, preserve books, whether image them on CD or whatever they have in, in you know, maybe imaging them on molecules for all we know. He'll come, they'll come across my books and they'll look at them all and see the awesome covers. And that graduate student is going to be like, wow, these look pretty good. Maybe I should try to read some of these. And at that moment, I will live again. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, well, that's usually how it's anyway, true. We kind of live through our characters, don't we? Yes, and uh, absolutely. The, writing books is the best way to immortality. Uh, so, I mean, who, I mean uh, who, who would Or actor. actors. Actors yeah. are probably even more so, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who, who would remember William Shakespeare? Or who would remember. Uh, uh, Gosh, uh, Homer or, or Virgil or who, who would and, and one day Patty Holstrom, you will be remembered this way. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Anyway, again, writing is immortality, and I always encourage every friend to uh, consider writing if they if they ever talk to me about it, and most do. I'm thinking of writing a book. I'm like, great, terrific. <laughs> Here's all the things you have to do, and isn't it overwhelming? But there it is. Patty, I'm sure I've used up all of my time now. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like me to record? And I expect I give you permission, and I expect you to cut all this up and use only the things you want no, to use. No, I think so. I think we did a good job. Hopefully, hopefully okay. the the audio turns out really good. It's hard to tell. So yes, uh, again, please, I've got please, this new please. equipment, everyone. So trying to get used to please. the new equipment. <laughs> please, please, please send me the audio. Uh, I will post it everywhere. Trust me. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same link that it's the same link for the show. So you just need to copy just the link. Send it to and, me once. Yes, just it's copy already, the link it's already and send there. it to me once more. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, just copy the link uh, and send it to me once more. An hour after the show, it'll be complete. So yeah. Okay, so oh. send it to me tomorrow or over the weekend, and I will start yeah. sending it out. I'll even I'll even post it on my new job website. They'll love it. <laughs> Now I know that you are going to be busy this weekend to packing and getting your stuff ready to go to throw them all into the truck and go. So uh, I, I, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, are we are we done with the recording or? Yeah, now hang on. So let me end it, and then uh, if you wanted to talk to me on the phone, you can. So give me oh, here. I, my contact my my contact information. Oh yeah. yes, go ahead. You can you can you can reach me on my Amazon author page, uh, John P. 
Paul Reed, R-I-E-D. Everybody misspells it. <laughs> R-I-E-D, uh, under the books section of Amazon website, the books department. And uh, the link is HTTPS colon slash slash A as an apple, M as in Mary, Z as in Z. No, you, you don't have to do that because nobody's going to remember that. So just oh, tell them your name and you'll be able to find it. Over. Okay. No, they, well, they can find it besides the fact that if, if they have one of your handy-dandy okay. uh, uh, bookmarks, you can definitely okay. find you for sure. But yes, all my information can, is on my bookmarks. You, okay. They can find you by the name. So that's good. Okay. It's a lot okay. easier than that Bitly one. So there you go. Well, uh, I was so, halfway okay, through, so, but okay, never mind. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Hang on. Or I will talk to you in a little while. Bye-bye. Yes, call me later. Yep, thank you. This is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty signing off. Let's see if we can do this. And let's hope that everything turns out well, and that you have a wonderful weekend, all of you. And we will be doing another show. I'm actually not sure when. So, so many things to do. With that, have a great night. Yay.